Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, it's your favorite single girl, Andrea Bain. Welcome to the Single Girl Problems Podcast. Your one-stop shop for real relationship talk. On the show today, the doctor's in the house. I know she's going to correct me because she's not a doctor, but in my head, she's a doctor. Um, I'll tell you who she is in a second, but first, let's get into what we're going to be talking about. Are you having second thoughts about breaking up? Are you doing the whole makeup to break up, makeup to break up? You know that makeup sex is something else. Um, we're going to get into why we do this and how we can fix it. Also, are you working too hard or too little in your relationship? We're going to get into that and what your responsibilities are as a partner. And then finally, is one false belief holding you back from having the relationship you want? I.e., have you ever said, you know, there are no good men out here. Like, Toronto has no good guys. Like, New York, there are no guys here. Well, you better listen up because the doctor has something to say about that. Before we get started, a quick reminder. Listener discretion advised. This show, during the show, we will be discussing adult content. This includes marriage, divorce, makeup sex, drunk dialing. And remember that time you were in love with that loser? (laughs) Yeah, honey, we're going to get into that. So pull up a seat, get your snacks, and strap in. All right, so my guest today is Ms. Jenna Comrie. She is a psychotherapy Mm -hmm. and the director of the Comrie Counseling Clinic. Congratulations. Thank you very much, ma'am. How are you doing? I am good, thanks. Thank uh, you for having me. Are you kidding me? Okay, so I, you and I always mix it up. So I, I know, knew I, I know. had to have you on the show. <laughs> but this is what I, and in every single one of my podcasts, and people can go back and listen if they want to double check this, I always talk about the importance of therapy. I'm like, half of our, no, I think 90% of our relationship issues have to do with the fact that we haven't talked to a therapist and figured out what's going on in our head, how our families have, have affected us, how our past relationship, that breakup, you thought you could just like you know get a haircut lose 20 pounds and then you're over it but it's like no honey you still have some deep deep hurt in there that you have to work through and a therapist or maybe if you can't afford a therapist some a great book that can help you move forward so I think it's imperative for you to be here so thank you for coming you're welcome you're welcome I totally agree with you I think a lot of people just sort of assume they're going to move past whatever's going on in their life or they're going to get past whatever relationship broke their heart and you got to do some work on it you can't just sit there and assume that's that time is going to heal all because time doesn't heal all. Well, here's the deal. That's what people tell you. Like, I remember my first horrible breakup, which I would, like, wake up crying at 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, I can't, like, I can't even go back to how emo I was back then. And people would just be like, don't worry. You know, it's just going to get easier every day. Which it did, but it still, I, what I didn't realize is I still had all of these oh, issues yeah. and trust issues that I was bringing to the table. So the next guy I was like, I was a nutcase because I was like, well, the last guy did a real number on me, so I'm going to treat you like he yep. was the last guy. And it's 
it's like no one really told me you got to work on those things. Yeah. And I had to figure that out on my own. Yeah, it totally messes with you. It really, really does. And I think people think, you know, oh, I'm stronger than that. I'm better than that. Oh, you know, that's a lot. Therapy is for people who have real mental mental problems, and and it doesn't have to be. You know, yes, it's for people who have serious problems, but it's also for people who are just trying to better themselves or better understand themselves. You know, it's so funny you just said something because a lot of people do believe that therapy is only for people with really heavy mental problems Mm. but sometimes you don't even realize you're the person with the heavy mental problem (laughs) that's half the damn problem (laughs) you don't even recognize your own trash all right so let's get in it let's get into it are you having second thoughts about your breakup so uh, we're thinking about breaking up if you're thinking about breaking up with your partner for whatever reason there's always this push pull of like you want to leave because you've in your mind or maybe you've even written it down the th- reasons why you want to break up with this person. But then for some reason you just get drawn back. They say something nice. They make dinner. They give you a back rub. And then all of a sudden you are back in the throes of it. Now, first of all, is this a this is a bad thing to do, right? Well, yeah, no, you know, if you're going to if you've been with somebody any period of time and you've invested in it, you're going to take some time. And really think about, do I want to go forward? Is this fixable? Do I really believe the person can change? So, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, I think sometimes we make decisions the wrong way, right? Like when we make decisions, we do it impulsively. We do it based on what our head is telling us Mm -hmm. or what our our heart is telling us. And we're not actually considering our our full selves, our true selves, so, as we make those decisions. So sometimes. who should we be listening to? The head or the heart? Uh, well, I, I have a two out of three rule, okay? Okay. So I say that when we make decisions, we typically make them using our head, our heart, and our gut. Okay. Okay? So your head's the intellectual part. Mm-hmm. Tells you, does this make sense? Doesn't That's the one make that sense? says, girl, get out of here. And it's usually the one that says, are you freaking crazy? Run. Yes. Yes. Your heart is like the emotional sappy part. It's oh, the but idiot. I love him. It's He's so sweet. Or, yes. You know, but she's the best thing I ever met, yeah. right? How, how will I ever meet somebody like that who will yeah. love me the way that they love me? Exactly. And then your gut is that part of you that's like your intuition, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the part of you that's like, okay, wait a second. That didn't sit right with me. That doesn't make sense. And it's not always an intellectual thing. You don't always have evidence or proof, but your gut is telling you something is up and you need to get out. So I'm assuming you're supposed to listen to your gut, of course. Well, no, I use the two out of three rule generally, okay. right? Okay, break it down. All right, so here's the thing. When you've been hurt, mm-hmm. your gut will lead you astray almost every time because yeah. your gut becomes a little bit paranoid, right? Oh. Your gut does. It becomes a little bit paranoid, right? But if two out of three things are telling you it is time to go, baby, it's time to go. Okay. Like, let's 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 just shut so it down. So if the head and the gut are on the same page, yeah, and your heart's doing the sappy thing, like the heart is usually the last one to come around, and it's it's the biggest pain in the butt to deal with. Let's mm-hmm. be honest, right? The hardest part. It is. It really is because your heart really invests in a different way than your head and your gut do, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, if your head and your gut are saying it's time to go, then yeah. you need to listen to yourself because what's going to happen mm-hmm. is you're going to hold on and hold on and hold on because your heart's saying, but I love him, but I love her, but I, but I, but I, but I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And down the road, when you finally do break up with the person, this is that moment you have where you look back and you think, I'm such a moron. Oh, why did I stay so long? But you knew your head and your gut were agreement in agreement eight months ago. Yeah, but we don't want to face that. <laughs> it's like, wait, that sounds too much like the truth. No, you're right. And I know there's a struggle. What about 
What do you think about couples? And I, I, I know somebody out there listening has probably gone through this, where you there's a relationship where you guys break up, mm-hmm. stay away from each other for a little while, and then someone's always got some excuse. Oh, I have your sweater. I don't know if you want it back. And then before you know it, boom, you're back together, or yeah. you're having sex, and you're not quite sure if yeah. you're back together. But you this is back and forth, back yeah. and forth. First of all, I know it's a silly question, but is that healthy? Are you trying to finally wean yourself off of that person? Or should you never do this? And if you're in this, how do you stop from doing it? I know I gave you like 20 questions. Okay. Help. So, <laughs> so yeah, we've all been here. I'll, I'll admit it. I've been there. We've all I've been, been there. there where yeah. I've gone back, you know, two and three times. And the third time, I'm like, what, what am I am doing, I doing? Here? Because I know better. And it's right? usually right after sex. And it's... <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's right but, after sex. You know, it's, it, we've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, you, this is one of those things where, no, it's not. It's generally not healthy. You left for a reason. You left because it wasn't working for you. You left because you didn't have your needs met in the relationship. Now, if you guys go away and you do some personal work and some personal growth and you That's you grow and you mature, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I've had lots of clients who come in and are like, look, we dated when we were in university. We went away. We did our own things. It's been six years later. We don't want to get back into or our old routines, but we think we've both grown and matured, and we just we want to do some work. That up is front, healthy. Right? I like that. Excuse me, losing my voice. So mm-hmm. that's totally okay, right? But when you're doing the breaking up, and then a month later you're back together, and then a month later you're breaking up, and a month later you're back together, like you know, it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. I think you know, it's it's funny. I had somebody in my office in the last couple of weeks who's in exactly the same position. And I said to her, you know, don't sweat it. You know, every time he makes these mistakes over and over again, you're catching them sooner and sooner and sooner. And sooner or later, you're going to be to a place where you break it off and you just walk away and you're 100% good with it because she keeps second guessing herself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to do it to get away in reality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we stay for a year and then we realize this is not working. And then we get back together and we stay for six months and we realize it's not working. And then we get back together and we stay for three months and we realize it's not about working. And then we get together again and we stay for three weeks and it's like, what am I doing? And get out. And you get out once and for all. And sometimes we need that opportunity for our you know, for our yeah. brain to catch up with us. We yeah. need a, a, that opportunity for us to catch up with ourselves. You know what's so funny? I find, like, when you're in it, I think it's it's the struggle is real. It is real. When you're outside of it, like, if it's your sister or your best friend or your yeah. coworker, you can see it so clearly for them. Yeah. If you're in that position of being an outsider, watching your friend go back and forth in a relationship that is not good for them. Yeah. Should you say anything? Can you do anything? Because I always, I, my, personally, I stay out because I'm like, I yeah. know how the heart works. Yeah. I know that you are not going to go anywhere. You're not budging until you are ready to leave. So why am I going to get in there, start telling you what to do, and then you're going to turn around and tell me, well, you don't even have a man, so yeah. who are you to tell me what I should be doing? <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. So to prevent that fight, I don't say anything because I know it's like a natural thing that people have to go on that journey to figure out that this isn't working for them. But is that the right thing to do? Well... I think it depends on your friendship as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have, I definitely have friends that I can look at it and I'd be like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. Right? And I know they can totally handle it. With other friends, I'm a little gentler, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I I might say to them like, listen, is this really meeting your needs? Are you really happy? Yeah. Like, you know, you got to, you got to think about yourself in this. And if you're not, if you're not happy, you're eventually going to become resentful. And then you're, you're not a good partner to him either. And you're being as you know, disrespectful to him in the relationship as you are to yourself. You know, it's so funny. You just brought up something that just 
a question just popped into my head. You said the questions you should be asking yourself. Are you happy? Is this a good relationship? Yeah. Don't you find sometimes, though, when you're in that headspace of going back and forth and make up and break up with somebody, you do tend to lie to yourself a little bit. You tend to start making excuses. It's like, oh, well, yeah. nobody's perfect. <laughs> Everybody's relationship has something. You mm-hmm. know, at this age, who's who out there is going to put up with this? Or he's a great guy or she's a great girl. Look at all the other things they have. Um, and like, is that what we naturally do? Is that our way of protecting or defending our stupid decision to go back? Oh, yeah. We are so good at that. Mm. We are so good at the rationalization process. You know, well, you know, there are a lot of good things here, too. And I have to take into consideration the good things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this is where you make yourself a list. OK, I call this, you know, Ooh. it's like rolling down the hill and you suddenly hit like a a um, an even spot at the bottom of the hill, yeah. a, a flat piece yeah. at the at the bottom of the hill, and you look up and you think, "Oh crap! How the hell did I get here?" I've been there many times. Right, and I've, I been think, th- I've been down that hill many times. Oh gosh, <laughs> and I think we all have, right? Yeah. I think we all have. So it's it's about making a list for yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. it's it's not enough to have pros and cons about leaving or staying. Okay, you actually have to then take those pros and cons mm-hmm. and assign a priority to them. Ah, uh, what do you mean? Well. If your priority is, okay, does he treat me well? Is he respectful of me? You know, Um, he has a good job, right? You know, you have to assign a priority to these things. So Mm. the pros of staying in the relationship and the cons of staying in the relationship, Mm. right? Okay. So once you assign the pros and cons of staying in the relationship, Mm -hmm. right, don't do a, a... uh, stay versus go. Do a pros and cons of staying in the relationship okay. or a pros and cons of leaving the relationship. Okay. And then look at what you have on your list and assign a priority. Where in this list mm-hmm. does he doesn't have a job or he has a good job fall? If that's priority number one, that gets weighed heavier than oh, he that's... treats me respectfully for some people. And let's be honest, that is true. Well, right? He better be respectful <laughs> if he ain't got a job and I'm paying all the bills. He, the least he could be is respectful. Is, or if he's paying all the bills, maybe he don't need to be so respectful because, no. oh. <laughs> you know, because it's true. Lots of people do you this. Know what? Lots of yeah. people are like, my needs are met. My house is paid for. My car is he paid makes for. A lot I've of got, money. you know, and I, yeah. he's not a perfect person towards me, but he he's the breadwinner and he takes care of everything. You know what's so funny? I remember when, remember the whole Tiger Woods debacle? Mm-hmm. I remember when, because everybody was talking about it, when he, when he cheated on his wife, his first wife. And I remember hearing a guy that I thought, I thought of him in a different way, and he said, you know, for all the money he makes, you think that she'd at least just turn her eye to the, the cheating and just accept it. Oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, so you oh, think yeah. this is an exchange? Yeah. Because yeah. he's rich, she should sit down, know that she's being disrespected, know that he's out there sleeping with everybody, mm-hmm. and she should just be okay with it because mm-hmm. the paycheck is there. And for everybody, wow. listen, you know, no judgment, man. Mm-hmm. You got to do what's right for you. If you're okay with that, I'm not knocking you for it, but I think you have to prioritize that list yeah. and rank them in terms of your priority. If mm-hmm. all of the things that are priority one, two, and three are on the con list, it's pretty obvious where you go. Yeah. If all of the things that are on the pro list are things like, you know, items 12 through, you know, 52, mm-hmm. y- you really have to pay attention to that because the the greatest priority all fall on the other side. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have another question for you. What do you think about the over-under method? 
The, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, the over-under method is when you break up with somebody, the hardest part a lot of people struggle with is the loneliness, is the yeah. feeling that space. Because when you are dating someone, not yeah. Friday night's taken care of, Saturday night's taken care of, and then when you're single, you're like, oh, that's the person I went to the movies with, did all these things, and now I kind of am like, I don't know what to do. So the over-under is you meet somebody, and to get over that person, you get under, meaning you have sex with, um, somebody else. Someone to take your mind off of this person to prevent you from calling them, te- texting them, and having that lonely feeling. How do you feel about that? Is that a good thing? Well, Because I've done that. Pardon? Because <laughs> I've done that. Because <laughs> you've done that. I've done that a few times. Is that a, is that a good thing, a bad thing? I think you have to be realistic with yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. For some people, sex is a really important moment and it's a really uh, personal thing. For other people, sex is sex. Right. It's Mm -hmm. a physical act. They can do it without a huge emotional connection. You know, I I think you have to be mindful of where you're at. Right. Mm -hmm. For some people, they have no problem going out and saying, you know what, I'm going to date two or three people and I'm just going to have sex and I'm just going to enjoy the company of going to the movies or dinner with somebody and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it does distract me and it reminds me that I'm valued. It reminds me that I'm sexy. It reminds me that I'm attractive. It reminds me that I'm uh, humorous and somebody I bring else, something to the table else and wants, somebody else wants somebody it. Somebody else wants me. So for some people that absolutely works, mm-hmm. right? For other people, they're like, you know, they have sex with somebody that they're not in an, in a very, uh, yeah. you know, connected. Intimate relationship with. Those committed are, relationship. Those are you the know? people who usually burst into tears yeah, right and, after. And then they regret it and they hate themselves for it and everything else, right? Mm. And I think I think your own personal values come into question with that, right? Mm. For some people, their personal values will totally allow that. For other people, their personal values are like, yeah, no, that's just not me. Yeah. And I think you have to know yourself well enough to know if that what works for you. Yeah. And for some people, you know, I've had clients who have gone out and used the over under method. And uh, and I don't think you I don't think you necessarily have to yeah. sleep with the person. No, but they but you meet somebody else. You you accept that date. Exactly. Maybe you're still a little bit, you know, sensitive and you're still kind of getting over that person. But there's nothing like having a new person who's excited, who's not part of any of that yeah. drama to just go to dinner with, to go to the movies. Yep. Maybe you make out with them, but it doesn't I don't think you the under has to be underneath somebody in yes. the bed. But yeah. just that kind of going out. And then yeah. I have another question. So how like when people really seem to have a very strong opinion about when a person should move on. Right. So say you've been dating, especially people who've been dating for a long period of time. They were together for 20 years. Well, that means that he shouldn't have a serious relationship for at least four years from now. But that's often you can't dictate. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, once you break up with somebody, you no longer have any say over what they do with their personal life. They want to date somebody else. They want to sleep with somebody else. Want to get somebody else pregnant. That's their doing. You guys broke up. You were on a break. Don't yes. remember the friend show. It's like yeah. you're on a break. You can do whatever you want. But do you think there's a certain amount of time people should wait? Yes, it's exactly two uh, two hours, thirty four minutes, and fifty three seconds. <laughs> of course Very not. Funny. No, it, you know, like I think that's like. But people have I, strong. You feelings. know, here's the thing. And again, it, you know, there's no time that's like okay you know but you know there's some generalities some broad generalities okay Mm -hmm. um when a marriage ends particularly if you're broadsided by it like Mm -hmm. you don't see it coming yeah um you know that first year after your marriage ends is the hardest year Mm -hmm. right and that can be really rough and it doesn't matter whether you've been married for five years or 25 years because you didn't go into it expecting to get divorced yeah right so that first year can be really tough. It's not, you know, relationships that develop in that first year are not always the best ones, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just the reality of it. Now, that said, is that 
you know, a hard and fast rule for everybody? No. Yeah. Right? There are some people who spend 20 years in a marriage, 15 of those, trying to figure out how the hell to get out of it. (laughs) So that person can move on. So listen, you know, if you've just spent, (laughs) excuse me, if you've just spent 15 years contemplating how the fuck do I get my ass out of this? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You're not waiting five you know, years to date. Listen, you're going to drop your wife at 7.02, and at 7.05, you're on Tinder. Yeah. Like, you know, let's, let's call a spade dying. a spade. Yeah, what about if the partner passes away, if someone dies? Yeah. Because I think that's the only time where I've seen people get very, like, everybody on the outside seems to have a very strong opinion about when it's okay to start dating. Yeah. And again, everybody is different, right? And mm-hmm. we're back to the same thing. You know, um, I had a client in whose uh, husband was diagnosed on the Monday mm-hmm. and died on the Friday of brain oh, cancer. Wow. Yeah. So it was that fast. It was instantaneous. He had headaches and he had some minor symptoms. But they didn't but know. They really had no idea that this is what it was. Like, he, there was some stuff going on, but it it, yeah. it wasn't a huge, huge indicator, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, years later, she's having trouble, right? Because yeah. it was super, super sudden. Yeah. I've had other clients, you know, uh, you know... <laughs> I think of somebody that I know who's actually very close to me, mm-hmm. um, whose partner has been sick for 25 years. Oh, wow. And incapacitated for 25 years. Wow. You know? So what are they doing? Are they just, they're just they're waiting? They're honoring their marriage vows wow. and they're standing by and they're That's helping it. take care of their partner and they're there, you know, like... They're doing everything, but the partner hasn't been able to speak. The partner hasn't been able to do That's anything for themselves. One. They're confined, right? That's a tough one. So, you know, for that person, I think, you know, when you when that person passes away, when her mm-hmm. partner passes away, you know, I don't expect that it's going to be years and years and years before she dates again. Oh, and that's not the person right? you give a hard time to if you see them on a date a month later. And it's that's like, exactly it, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, I mean, those are two really extreme cases. But I think, again, it really depends on the situation. You, you know, there is no one size rule fits all. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that there are with relationships, oh, you know? Listen, when my I asked this question specifically because my father's mother, my grandmother, died when my dad was very, when he was very young. And he has five siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his father, my grandfather, remarried within that year. Yeah. And had three kids with that woman. Yeah. To this day, I like so I have aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and to this day, I do not know where they are. I do not know who they are because my dad and his his siblings were so upset and they thought their father moved on too quickly after their mother died. So they refused to acknowledge, speak to, speak of this other family that my grandfather had. And I'm like, well, where's the rule book to say when grandpa was allowed to move on? Grandpa had been married for all, like for a very long time. He was with my grandmother. They got together when they were like 18 and she died when she was in her forties. And they, to this day, as senior citizens do not care and still (laughs) think grandpa's long gone. Everybody, still to this day refuse to acknowledge that side of the family because they thought their grandfather moved on too quickly. Okay, so first of all, before you go judging something like that, you have to consider a societal context, Mm -hmm. right? Grandfather lived in a generation where husband and wife had very uh, very unique and very distinct roles, Yeah. okay? So grandfather, if he married grandmother at 18, had probably never done his own laundry. Oh. Had probably never cooked his own meals. No. Had probably never done a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And back then, you know, you weren't a man unless you had a wife. And you, as a man, you just didn't do these things on your own. And a lot of men 
didn't feel like men unless they were married with children. Yeah. Th- that was part of what made them men. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of, you know, I mean, in this day and age, if somebody passes away, you know, it's nothing for a guy to be like, yeah, I'm watching the kids. I'm cleaning the house. I'm doing all of those things. But yeah. back then, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. So people were more likely to remarry quicker quicker back then, yeah. in part because the society kind of demanded it. Yeah. The kind of the society kind of expected it. Yeah. Right. So it's really hard because I think sometimes what happens is generation after generation, mm-hmm. we make these changes in our relationships and, and we make changes in how we do relationships and how we have relationships. And then we look back and we start judging our parents and we start judging our grandparents. And that's not fair mm. because their relationship time. existed in a different societal context. Yeah. My grandmother would be disgusted with my lifestyle. <laughs> My Disgusting. grandmother would give me a high five. My, my grandmother would be like, girl, where are your 10 children? You don't know how to make a pot roast. Like, oh, oh, I got to tell you something as you yeah. say that. My grandmother, when I was uh, 18 or 19 years old mm-hmm. and I was in university, she'd be like, Jana? And I'd be like, yes, granny. And she'd mm-hmm. be like, sweetheart, where's your Vex money? Oh. And for those of you who don't know... <laughs> My grandmother would send me out on dates with Vex money so that if I got angry during the date, I could get myself home. And she was like, as a woman, you need to be able to go out and date as much as you want, but you must always walk with your Vex money. Listen, you want to hear the... I heard about Vex money from one of my boyfriend's moms. And I'm like, you must know your son's a jackass. Because she was like, we were heading out. She was like, yeah, have you Vex money? And I was like, what? And then she explained what Vex money was. And I was like, you damn right. Because, you know, your son is a piece of work sometimes. And sometimes I do want to leave his ass at the restaurant. Yep. But she was a person. I thought it was just really weird that my boyfriend's mother was, like, making sure that I have my $20 for a cab ride just in case, just he, in got, case he got out of And order. I was like, you know what? I should have. Yep. That should have yep. been my indication. To let, she was telling me telepathically yes. that her son is a jackass. Yes. Um, but yes. <laughs> Because he was a jackass, and I did need my Vex money. Although there was what you know, what the funny thing is, I didn't need my Vex money because uh, the last time we hung out, he really was very like horrible. This horrible situation happened at a, a wedding, and he like berated me in front of everybody at our table, and I was just like stunned, and every it was embarrassing. And then I just sat there quietly stewing, and then I told him, I go, I just need to go to the bathroom. Do you know where the bathroom is? And he goes, Oh, it's just out there and to the right. And I was like, okay. And I calmly, slowly walked, making him think I was going to the bathroom. And I, instead of making a right, I made a left. Mm-hmm. And I had the keys to the car. And I got in that car, and I went home, and I turned my cell phone off. So sometimes you don't need to have Vex money. You just need to have the Vex keys and leave his <laughs> ass there. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Are you working too hard or too little in your relationship? Now, every relationship requires some kind of work. Well, that's at least what married people are always telling me. Mm-hmm. But sometimes all of your efforts seem to amount to very little change or happiness in your relationship. So how do you know if you're working too hard or too little? And I thought this was such an interesting conversation because... 
you know, married people always say, you know, marriage is work. And then they stop. Full stop. And it's like, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean it's work? Like, do we have to check in with each other every week and see if we're happy? That seems like unrealistic. I've never done that in any other relationship. But there is work to be done. And it's also what we come in with. It's like, how are things in your household? Because that's what I'm going to bring to the table because that's the only example of a relationship that I know. But how do I know if that's too little or too much? So how do you figure that out with your partner and kind of like have that discussion so you're on the same page? I think you got to check in regularly. Now, what do I mean by regularly? You know, it, it depends on the relationship. It depends on where you're at in the mm-hmm. relationship. You know, if you check in with your partner and you say to your partner, are your needs met? And your partner can take some time and think about it. Don't take an instantaneous answer because, <laughs> let's be honest, a lot of us are like, hi, how you doing? Fine, thanks. You know, it's a yeah. knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Right. Um, but take some time and, and just ask, you know, hey, you know, like I, I want you to really think about it. Are your needs being fully met by this relationship? Are mm-hmm. your needs, you know, the relationship needs, your personal needs being met? If the answer is yes, then you probably don't need to check in for a little bit. If the answer is, well, you know, I realize that I'm not getting out as much and, and doing my hobbies as much as I'd like. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling that sometimes I, I feel a little bit lonely and I would I would like more cuddling or I'd like more physical contact. Right. Mm-hmm then you have something to work on, yeah. right? And then you want to check in more regularly. When you're working on something, you want to be checking in more regularly. When, you're, when you've are when you checked in and it's good, you probably can go a little longer between check-ins, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, but so what happens if you tell your partner, so you do all the right things, you mm. communicate, listen, I want, need you to make the bed a little bit more often. Yeah. I need you to, you know, hold my hand and do all this stuff. Mm. And you voice your concerns and then they do it for the first yeah. week or so and then a month later you realize they're right back to their old ways what do you do in that situation okay so there's a couple of things with this right listen in every relationship there's going to be one person who cares about whether or not the bed is made and that's me that's me who <laughs> and who cares more about whether the dishes are done mm-hmm. right and and this is this is normal right yeah. you are never going to convince your partner that the dishes are important as are as important as you think they are. You are never going to convince your partner that the bed is as important as you think it is. So what do I have to right? do? Do I just have to make so, the bed and shut up about it? Part of it is, if it's important to you, grab onto it and do it. Right? Okay. Now, that said, your partner can still make an effort, right? And you want your partner to make an effort, but don't expect your partner's going to get up every day and intuitively make the bed if they've never made the bed. Yeah, because I think that's right? the issue that people are like, well, I said what I wanted, wanted you to do. And you're not doing it. And well, you're not doing it. Yeah, but let's... So that's wrong, right? Because that's yeah. really, you're telling the person, like, you're bossing this person around. Now. Yeah. So let's say let's say you're dating a guy and he says to you, you know what? I like my toilet seat up. I want you to leave my toilet seat up every time you go to the bathroom. Are you going to finish peeing? Look at my face. Do I look like I'm And lift that girl? the toilet seat up and walk away. No, you're not going to do that. First of all, I'm going to have a serious discussion <laughs> with him about all the fecal matter that sprays up in the air every time you flush the toilet and be like, do you still want me to leave it up? But that aside, you're right. Because if right? also I think sometimes it's not what we say, it's how we say it. It's because how we say it. And if it's I feel like reasonable. it's a whole bunch of things that you're coming at me all the time, I wish you could do this and I wish you could get more blowjobs and I wish you could be more. If you could be, and then to, yeah. if you ever dr- bring like a comparison, like, you yeah. know, if you could be more like, like Mike's wife? Well, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's grounds. It. That's grounds, But I just right? wonder what happens because I think sometimes people do communicate and yeah. then there's a change for five minutes and then people go slip right well, back Well, and into... I think that's part of the problem is, you know, you have to recognize that if your partner's actually making a change that um, that you've asked them to do, that's not intuitive for them. So that change actually counts for extra brownie points because that's not something that they would normally do. So if you mm-hmm. say to your partner, you know what, I'd like you to bring me flowers more often. Yeah. And they've been bringing you candy or, you know, the odd piece of jewelry or the odd piece of lingerie. And they suddenly start bringing you flowers more often. 
By the way, I'm never going to trade in jewelry Listen, for some flowers. But some people, that's, but you I know. But I hear what you're saying. You hear what I'm saying, I've right? asked for flowers but, and you he know, starts to bring them. And they start to bring them. You have to actually step back and say to yourself, you know what? That wasn't the intuitive thing he did. And mm-hmm. he heard me. Right. So, how do, so, do, so, so what do I do? Once if I see that my partner is making an effort and they're doing that, yeah. what should I do to it, make sure I keep that? Because I, I have to do also is you be make doing you let them know, you know, that was a huge deal. Thank you. I so appreciate this. You yeah. know, and you make a huge deal out of it. Not, mm. you know, not you don't a, go overboard, but you not a hero thankful. biscuit here, but you be thankful and show appreciation <laughs> for it. biscuit, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need a hair biscuit here. But, yeah. you know, you be thankful for it, right? Mm-hmm. And you recognize and acknowledge the fact that that's not what he would intuitively do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, you know, one of the things is that people in relationships sometimes look at each other. And instead of being able to look at your partner and saying, okay, you know what? He does this, this, and this, and this. Yes. And I know that that's his way of showing me he cares. Yeah. It's like, well, he doesn't do this, 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 and this, and yes. that's the way I want to be cared for. And it's like, look, you know, you have to be reasonable when you enter a relationship. If you enter a relationship, try to find somebody who shows they care in a way you're good with. So, right? Yeah, that's that's some solid gold right there. I and think it that's sounds like such a stupid little thing. No. But you know what? If you're somebody who really likes PDAs and you're somebody who really likes the romantic gestures... Find somebody who that's intuitive for. Don't go and date the guy whose idea of a hot time is a baseball game and a pizza. You know, like, yeah. don't if that's do not, it. If that's, not, if your that's thing. not your bag. You know, as nice as he is, as good a job as he has, as much as he's a wonderful person, he's not, he's know, not the right fit for you. but let's get into the nitty gritty, though. Let's be 100% real here, Jana, because when people are dating, mm-hmm. the first thing we do, it's usually visual, right? It's yep. like, oh, Jana's got, oh, yeah, I like what I see. Jana's person, that's exactly what I like. <laughs> and you don't pay attention to all the things because you're just like, you're getting to know the person, but you're just, your juices are flowing and you're just so happy to be in their presence and the fact that they call you back and you're texting and now you're kissing and now you're having sex. You're all caught up in that and it's not until things settle and you kind of start to get used to that person that you're like, oh, you really are into watching football every Sunday night. And this is when people start to throw hissy fits because now you're upset, but it's like you met that person that way. So this is why I'm like, it's, it's what you're saying totally makes sense, but I think we go into relationships mainly on the physical, mainly on the vanity of totally. Agree they're with hot. You. I, they think I'm hot. We look hot together. We have hot you know, sex. I'm so attracted to him. He's so funny. She's so pretty. She's so smart. I can't believe I got yeah. this person. And then you start to pay attention but, to all the other. You stuff. know, here's one of the things. You know. It's interesting. It depends on what you read, right? Different mm-hmm. things, different articles, different books will suggest different things, right? Mm-hmm. But on average, where you start to see the real red flags in a relationship, mm-hmm. if you're spending sort of two, three days a week with somebody, is around the seven-month mark. Oh, Okay, and this is the problem: is that people at seven months are like, "Well, I've invested seven months in it, and I don't want to say it again." again, Jana. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Seven months is nothing compared to 15 years of being fucking miserable." Yes. At seven months, if you see the red flags, sweetheart, throw in the fucking towel and find somebody who's a fit. I feel like I need an amen right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're so right. You're so right. And too many people do that. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with going into a relationship and figuring out what you like and figuring out what you don't like and enjoying those juices and enjoying the time. Mm -hmm. But when you start hitting five, six, seven months and you start realizing, yeah, dude, you know, he has really bad table manners and it grosses me out. Or you start realizing, wow, she doesn't shave her armpits and she doesn't wear deodorant and she kind of smells bad. Or this person's not ambitious. Or, or this person doesn't have a social is. life or the 
this person doesn't have any drive or they they don't think these things are important or they're very yeah. lazy about you know x y and z you know pay it to, you're so right because and i know this because every time you get out of a relationship yep. and the, you've calmed down and you're no longer crying or screaming mm-hmm. and you really think about it if you're i think a reasonable person you're like you know that person let me know that they were a jerk probably in month two or three and i stuck around because you know what for whatever selfish reason, I wanted to stick around or my birthday was coming and no, I needed a birthday you present. You know what it is? You what know is what it? it is? It's, well, you know, we have this and it's so good and we have that and it's so good. And if he could just do this a little bit more, I'd be good with it. Or if she could just do this a little bit more, I'd be good with it. Stop fucking trying to change people and find somebody who's I a good know, fit. Well, wait a second, but here's the deal. <laughs> let's but let's call a spade. Let's call out the aunties and the grandmas <laughs> and the best friends who have said, no, let's be real. As women, we say this to each other and I've had this said to me many times mm. you know what you could change him don't worry you get no. him you could change oh no. no I know I know Here's the, I'm glad you're here to say that because when I say that they don't listen to me but I'm like no because I was shooting on their foot I don't want somebody meeting me and thinking they're going to turn me into a sports fan because well, that the fuck's not going to happen but there, that is what women are fed all the time. Don't mm. worry, honey. When you marry him, and when you we'll change, change him. the way he dresses, you'll get him to do that. Don't yeah. worry. You, 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 you are the one who can, you know, manipulate that situation. Yeah. And listen. And when you change him, yeah, he might change, and it might last five years. It might last seven years. But you know what? Every second that he's doing what you want because it makes you happy. Yeah. He's getting more and more resentful, and at some point, he's gonna want to be the guy he is. So stop it. Yeah, the happy wife, stop happy it. life, happy wife, happy life I've heard life that nonsense. so many times. How and then you... the guys come to me and they're sitting in my office and they're like, Jenna, I'm my miserable. wife's happy and I am miserable. Yeah. And I don't know how to tell her that all this stuff that I've been doing for her is making me miserable. Yeah. And at that point, they're usually so checked out of the relationship, there isn't a way to fix it. Yeah, and that's how and that's how people end up having little side relationships, right? Side relationship, affairs, you know, this is how the wife comes home one day and finds the husband sitting at the table with a separation agreement saying, all right, I'm can out. we do this? I'm out. I'm out. I can't do yeah. one more second of this. Yeah. And she feels blindsided, but she has no clue that it's like, if you paid attention for many, many years or months or whatever, he wasn't happy. Yeah. Because you got what you wanted. Yeah. And, <sighs> and same thing the other way around. Men do this to women too it's yeah. not just it's not of just course. a women oh, yeah. changing men listen i love men to point the finger at too. men don't get it twisted <laughs> i love nothing more than pointing the finger and saying oh no 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 you bastards are in there too but that's yeah i just thought that was a great conversation just because we don't really talk about it our responsibility as a partner when no. people just say it's a lot of work but then they stop talking i'm like well elaborate listen what do you mean the best work you can be doing in your relationship is work on is yourself work on yourself mm-hmm. and out nice your partner Ooh, because if each person is out-nicing each other. <gasps> that should be the only competition in a relationship. Work on yourself, out-nice each other. If you can do those two things in a relationship, chances are your relationship will you be happy. You can last forever. Yeah. If I could find somebody yeah. who would out-nice Because if me? you're working on yourself, you're happy and you're upbeat and you feel good about you, you're going to present better in the relationship. You're going to interact better. You're also going to encourage your partner to do the same. Yes. If your partner's doing the same and you're doing the same and you're out-nicing each other... That's a great relationship. Oh, my gosh. I want to date that person. Great. <laughs> uh, Jana, I can't thank you enough for coming in. This has been so much fun. Um, tell people where they can find you, my dear. Uh, well, you can find me at ComrieCounseling.com. Awesome. Um, you can mostly find me there in my clinic. Uh, so that's probably the best way that people can find me. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just brought on some new people, so that's super exciting. So I've got some people to help me out. If I can't see you, I'm sure one of them can. 
Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. A friendly reminder to the listeners, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Play Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. You can also buy my lovely book, Single Girl Problems, on Amazon.com. Send us your relationship questions or comments to singlegirlproblemspodcast at gmail.com. That's all the show we have. Until next time, bye. Toodles. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.